Hello and welcome to the Gospel Everyday Podcast, following along with the Mariner's Church Annual Read. There is unlimited grace for us today, no matter what happens, because of who Jesus is and what he has done. I'm Pamela, and I'll be your host. Today is our final day on this section about conflict. And if you have been following along with us consistently, we are at day 17 on conflict. I can't believe it. We've made it. It has not been easy all the time, but I hope that the Lord and the Holy Spirit have revealed new ways to respond, to heal, to extend grace, and to repair. And as we look at today's reading, we're going deep into the church. It's even called Tell It to the Church. Um, the scripture that we're going to start with is Proverbs 18, 18 through 19. And it says, Casting the lot settles disputes and keeps strong opponents apart. A brother wronged is more unyielding than a fortified city, and disputes are like the barred gates of a citadel. Now we need to have a little context to understand this verse. And in the Old Testament, and even in the New Testament, before Pentecost, before the receiving of the Holy Spirit, one of the ways that disputes were settled was by casting of lots. And there was wisdom from the Lord in this. There was answers that came from this. And honestly, there are moments when I wish we could go back to this. It would be so much easier to just cast some lots and see where they lie and everyone agrees and you move forward. But we are given the gift of the Holy Spirit to be our guide, to be our source of wisdom, to engage in deeper relationship and healing and care that honestly makes the body better and stronger and more beautiful. But it takes time. It takes intentionality. And when conflict arises, it can be really difficult because we, again, we want our justice. We want resolution to come. We want our side usually to win. And so how in light of um, receiving of the Holy Spirit of in Galatians 525 being called to be in step with the spirit how do we move forward when conflict arises within the church within the body because it might be easy honestly i think it's easy in both it's easy to see conflict outside but it's also to see conflict easily to see conflict within because of our humanity and our brokenness but if we are in conflict with a brother or sister in christ There are steps that scripture gives us for repair and healing. And if there's humility on both sides, there can be beautiful reconciliation. And so one of the examples or frameworks that we're given is actually in Matthew 18, 15 through 18. And we we touched on this briefly yesterday in regards to um, the personal confrontation of where we start in that, of not taking it to other people, but going directly to that person for a one-on-one conversation. And I'm going to read more of the scripture today that goes a little bit further. So Matthew 18, 15 says, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have gained your brother. And again, we spoke on that yesterday and how beautiful that you can have confrontation and healthy conversation. But what happens if if the restoration doesn't come from that conversation? Verse 16 goes on to say, but if he does not listen, take one or two others along with you 
that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile or a tax collector. So we kind of see these these three steps, you know, of confront the person alone, keep it one-on-one, and if the conflict continues, if resolution has not happened, bring in trusted brothers and sisters, two or three people to be witness, to bear witness to what's happening and to seek their wisdom. This could be friends, this could be life group members, um, this could be ministry leaders. And then if that continues to not resolve the conflict, bring it to the church, bring it to the church leaders, to the pastors, to the elders. And all of this sounds so beautiful and, and attainable. And yet maybe some of us have had experiences in community and in the church where we weren't received biblically or with the grace of God. And I appreciate that the Kellers call that out. They say, in our individualistic age, and also a time in which there are many unhealthy churches, such advice will not be welcome. So so two things here. One is being individualistic and not wanting um, to have people speak into us, not wanting to have to respond in humility and resolve conflict. And then the other is acknowledging the unhealth that can exist in our churches, in our places of worship that should be places of love and encouragement and truth, truth of the Bible. And instead of just pushing that aside and and moving on our own path and saying, well, church is unhealthy and we're unhealthy and we're just going to do what we want, um, there's a challenge here. It says, It actually puts more responsibility on Christians, on us, to look for churches with leaders they can respect, leaders that you're in relationship with, that you see the fruit of the Spirit in, that you watch how they live their lives and how they resolve conflict, and you see it in the church. And we don't have to use our own personal opinions to know what's a healthy church. I appreciate that God's word, God's word is so powerful in helping us see what we should look out for. Um, so Hebrews thirteen seven says, remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God and consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. And it's not saying remember your leaders who live a good life, who are who come off as nice people. It says those who spoke to you the word of God. So are you following leaders who who live out the scriptures, who show and reveal God's truth and who encourage you in that? And then in verse 17, it goes on to say, Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. So this is another way to to identify leaders who are responding biblically, who are loving well. You know, are they groaning and complaining when you come to with conflict? Or are they responding in joy and in love? Um, And that idea of submitting is is maybe a little painful or even fear of, is this person trustworthy? And I appreciate where the scripture says, for they will have to give an account that our pastors, our elders, our leaders in the church are actually 
in a position where they will be called to give an account to the Lord for how they handled situations, for how they they cared for their flock, how they shepherded their sheep. And so I hope that that brings a little bit of safety in our sharing of conflict, that it's not just about going to this this person, this leader, um, but that the Lord is protecting us even in that. And that takes a lot of trust and also a lot of humility. But when it is done well, gosh, is the Lord glorified? Is the body edified? Is there encouragement and is there an opportunity to be who God has called us to be? And the Kellers give us a final direction from Ephesians 4, verses 30 through 32. It says, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. The only way that we're able to do any of this, the only way that we're able to forgive, to confront, to repair, to heal, to love, is to remember that God forgave us. Remember what Jesus did for us on the cross. And out of that posture, we get to extend that to others. And I feel like on the days where I have... um, been sharing and speaking, it always seems to come back to that because we are not able to do these things on our own strength or in our own merit. We're not able to form the best arguments, even if they were to to win out. It is through humility and grace and remembering the forgiveness that we've received that we can function as a healthy body, that we can live peaceably with others, that we can see repair happen in relationships. Let's pray together. Lord, I thank you for your word and your wisdom and how you guide us through your Holy Spirit to resolve conflict, to lead peaceably. Lord, I pray over our church leaders, God, that they would be submitted to you. Lord Jesus, that when conflicts come to them, that their response would be one that is guided by the Holy Spirit that responds in love, that leads in joy, and that brings resolve. Lord, I pray against the abuse that has existed, where that has been taken away from us to be able to live this out. God, and I ask for healing over those who have experienced that and a renewed trust. God, as they encounter conflict in their life, to be able to confront, to bring to trusted friends, or ultimately to bring to the leaders and elders in the church. Lord, would you would you guide us? God, would you convict us? Would you humble us? And would you lead us? In your name I pray. Amen. Thanks so much for allowing us to be a part of your day please be sure to subscribe and share. You can tune in tomorrow for fresh new content. And remember, no matter what happens, there is unlimited grace for us today because of who Jesus is and what he has done. 
For questions about service times and more, you can access all information about Mariner's Church by downloading the Mariner's app at your favorite app store, visiting the website at marinerschurch.org, or by finding us on Instagram, Instagram handle Mariner's Church. Till next time, have a great day.